This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here. Glad you're with us across this fine radio network, the Outkick Network. Chad, when Clay Travis hired us, we were the first hires of the show, right? For these shows he's putting together. Two years ago. I think we were like employees number one, two, three, four. In January of 2021. Yes, yes. What 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 was the mission that Clay set forward? What is the mission of OutKick? Yeah. Authentic, right? Yes. Smart, funny. That's why he brought us on. He said, you guys are all three of these things. And that is a part of the uh, rebrand here with the show. It's the same show, same crew. Chad says, same Chutton. He's right. And that is exactly same bros. what you we know, will we, continue to do. We love each other. We're the same guys. We're, right. we're not going away. We didn't, uh, we didn't go into a costume change and come in, and we're not going to be different characters I'm not going to be some WWE villain every right. day on the show. You're going to get the same authentic, smart, funny approach to sports and culture and when the two cross every single day on this show. And we will do it without any agenda. We will say what's on our mind and not reading from a script. That's what we look forward to and what we have done here with Hot Mike. These are just notes that Hutton has in front of him, by the way. Hutton has notes uh, every day. This no is script. not a script. No script. I have nothing. I'll turn my computer around. Look what I have right here. Twitter. That's it. I've got Twitter and nothing else. And every day there is no script. We're going to give you our honest opinion. We're going to come in informed. We're going to be ready to go. Uh, Hutton's going to be hot. My name's not Mike. It's Chad. But we're going to do our best <laughs> every single day. Well, uh, thank you, Chad. But I have signed autographs as you. So. It's true. That's yeah. true. In fact, uh, we had a photo shoot last week, and I actually posted a photo of you and said, this is Chutton, and uh, just to see the response. What'd you get? I got a lot of uh, fire emojis oh. in response back to it. That's what I got. Uh, hit us just up. like the fire behind us Hit right us now. up on social. I don't know if it's changed yet. Outkick360 or Hot Mike. You can find us there. It's not changed. So at Outkick360 is where you can interact with the show. Um, and, of course, you can find us on our personal uh, Twitter handles as well, uh, at the Chad Withrow and at Hutton Outkick. Um, you can find us at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, we need to start here. It, it's tough to do a show today um, based on the news that's happened in our own backyard, but it's tough anytime uh, I see headlines like the one you and I saw together. You alerted me to this. Uh, there's a, another school shooting, this one here in Nashville at the Covenant School, where three children and three adults were killed. Um, the shooter was also killed by police and it's heartbreaking. It's extremely sad, but beyond that, what we can't forget and what I'm trying to remind myself of is I cannot get numb to this, meaning it's becoming far too often that when I see the next school shooting headline, it's, Oh, well, you know, it's schools in session somewhere, right? We've got to figure out a way to put an end to this because it's happening far too frequently. 
And my thoughts, my prayers go out to the families. Um, you know, I, I lost my brother, and I know exactly how it is when you hear get, get the phone call. I cannot imagine what this phone call is like. And that's where my thoughts are today. Screw the rundown. The, the, the thoughts of actually having to learn that your child was killed while they were at school is maddening. And Chad, I, I, I think of any friends I have with children. I don't have any. And I can't imagine what thoughts go through the mind of a parent when you actually see a headline like this, not just, especially in your own backyard, but anywhere, because this is a reminder. It can happen anywhere and it continues to happen everywhere in the United States. You can't get numb to it. And it's every parent's worst nightmare. And let, let's not, I don't want to just bring this down to parents. Cause I feel one way as a parent of, of two daughters right. that are, you know, one's in school right now, one's at home, but one goes to daycare two days a week. And when I see a story like this anywhere, it hits close to home because it's very close to us right now doing this show in our Nashville studio. But I just want to pull them out of school that day and give them a hug Yeah. when I see this story. But this is about humanity. This is not just, you don't have to be a parent. You know, you said you're not a parent. You don't have to be a parent to feel the humanity of this and think about three small children losing their lives and then three, you know, workers, teachers, the school losing their life and and we're not going to pay we're not going to pay any notoriety to the monsters that commit these crimes. We can't be numb to it. It's one thing just to say it has to stop. Most everyone, I, I would hope that everyone listening to this program right now would say, "Yeah, it has to stop. What do we do about it?" It's a big time American issue. It's way worse here. Than anywhere else. Absolutely. People can draw their conclusions about why that is. But it is a bigger problem here than anywhere else. And I don't want to get into this bitching match, screaming back and forth about it's this or that or this or that. We need solutions to it. And the solution's not going to be yelling at an opposite side, whatever side you're on. It's not. Everyone should unite over the humanity they have within themselves over this issue and come up with some sensical ways to stop this or at least slow it down in some way. It's disheartening. It's sickening. Take every adjective you can find to how heartbreaking this situation is. And then when it happens here so close to home to us also, it makes it even worse. So I'm praying for everyone involved in this. I'm going to do that for a long time. And when these happen, it makes me want to pray for other people that have been involved in, in shootings like this. And there's been too many to count lately. And there's too many of these stories that happen constantly. It pisses me off. It saddens me. And I, I don't know where to go. I said before we came on today, Hutton, I don't know what to say today on today's show. Right. When we come in here, we're going to do our show. We're going to put forth an effort and do a show today. But damn it if it's not easy to do one right now. And that's, that's how I feel about it. And, we'll and that's do, what you're going to get on this show. Yeah, we'll do is our honesty show. and right. our opinions on things. No one else's. No. Ours. Every and, day. And, and so going back, to the, going back to the bipartisan aspect of that, that's where it has to be. Otherwise, it, nothing changes. The headline goes away for a few months, and then it's back. 
and then the same bitching continues. So Yeah, this isn't a click issue. This is a common sense issue. And it's going to take people not yelling at each other and not immediately trying to blame one thing or the other and to come together to decide, we are sick of this bleep. We're sick right. of it. Right. Everyone together is sick of it. And instead of taking this time to point a finger and to yell at one side or the other, let's all come together and say, let's figure it out. All options are on the table. Don't shut down anything because it must stop. And I, I, would, I would say anyone that has any say in helping this along the way, think about the parents of the kids who just lost their life in a school shooting and imagine you're speaking to them. When you talk to anyone right now on social media or anywhere, think about the faces of the parents that just lost their kids and talk to them while doing that. And it may change the perspective of a lot of people. I would hope it would. Coming up, we'll, we'll dive into the, the Final Four, the, the results, and the unexpected tournament. Dan Dockich will join us in roughly 12 minutes or so as well as you listen on the Outkick Network to Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton and Withrow with you. Chad, I felt like the, the final four and the results we saw over the weekend, and while your favorite team or anyone's favorite team may have lost or didn't make it, I do feel like this serves as a great balance for what has dominated the college basketball headlines over the last four or five months, um, maybe even the six months now as I look back, because it starts with Chris Beard, right? With Texas. Yeah. And then, of course, Brandon Miller and the saga that was the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the narrative was, and it's correct, it was a win-at-all-cost mentality. And I'm just glad that we now have a Final Four where those who went, went forth with this win-at-all-cost mentality were the losers, now, not everyone loses when you're playing the NIL game, uh, you know, the transfer portal. I do think, though, it is evened out the playing field to the respect of not every time you can play these cards, even with the best player uh, and the NBA talent, are you going to see the results that you expect because you're willing to look the other way. And Florida Atlantic, they make their run all the way to the Final Four now. Uh, second time that they've ever made the tournament. And they do this with what was a, a remarkable run, a nine seed. And yeah, last year we saw North Carolina make the championship game as an eight seed. But they are now a part of this lore whenever you mention teams like Wichita State as the up-and-comer. 
or Butler. VCU, George VCU. Mason going to yes, a Final Four absolutely. under Jim Laranega. Absolutely. They're, they're right up there. And I also I, I felt like this was also a great weekend of winning and losing with class. Uh, did, did you see the Jerome Tang postgame speech? Not the one he gave to Kansas State, his team, but the one that he gave to Florida Atlantic whenever he walked into their locker room 10 minutes after he spoke to his team and had this to say. Toughness, your togetherness, your ability to make plays for each other, right? Like the way you communicate with each other. There's no, nobody can beat y'all, right? Nobody can. So just stay together. Don't get distracted between now and then, all right? Stay locked in. Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all the toughest son of a guns we played all year long. Uh, just proud of y'all be rooting Appreciate for you, that. all right? I love that. That is pure class I, I love from that Jerome guy. Tang. I love Jerome Tang. I love that speech so much. And I'm with you, Hutton. We said all year, this was the year for college basketball to have a true wild, wild west tournament and final yeah. four. That there was going to be someone crazy, the unexpected, first-time champion type situation in the final four. Now that it's here, and you've got FAU versus San Diego State, and UConn, the one power that's left, yes. versus Miami, but UConn's a four seed, not, not one of the one seeds. I love it. You know, this is the most democratic of sporting events in the country. It is win and move on, lose and you're done. It does not exclude anyone from the party, right? If you're the small guy, the big guy, whatever, you get a chance in this tournament. So I love that part of it. Now, let's go to the Alabama portion of this since you alluded to that. Um, And we can bring in Dan as well. He's with us. I'm, I'm thrilled they lost. Yeah. I'm thrilled they lost because it does. Look, we are a sports show, and we love talking about sports. It's sort of the toy department of life. There are things more important than sports out there, and Alabama should have known that this season, but instead they went all in on the sports part of it because they thought they were going to win a national championship. I thought they were going to win a national championship. I hope they wouldn't, and San Diego State helped that hope come true on Friday night by knocking out Alabama. Dan Dockett joins us, host of Outkicks Don't At Me Across the Network. Dan, how would you describe this Final Four? Uh, fun uh, and, and tough. I, I think um, I've always been the guy, fellas, that says, well, you got to make shots. And I think you do. And that's history. If he's smart, makes a shot. I got a national championship ring. He's smart, misses. Jim Baham's got two. Um, but I think this has shown toughness. Like, one of the things that I loved, I loved and talked, I had Dusty Mann on the show this morning, and we talked about like how Tennessee, you know, made the Dukies cry and Tennessee backed down from Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic said, all right, now you ain't doing that to us. And then, you know, San Diego State, Brian Dutcher and, and, and Steve Fisher, when they came out from Michigan, nobody ever, at least when I coached in the Big Ten against Steve Fisher and those guys, nobody ever thought Michigan was a physical tough team, thought they were uber athletic. But they went out to San Diego State and reinvented the entire program, and they are tough as hell. UConn, nobody coaches a team harder than Danny Hurley, but you know what? Nobody left. Like, nobody left. Danny Hurley is a tough dude. Danny Hurley swears. Oh, the horror. Uh, but nobody left. Uh, Miami, Jim Laranega, I followed him at Bowling Green. Uh, And I got to tell you, I thought he was, you know, and all of a sudden he's going to take two teams to uh, the final four. He moves into the category of a great coach. I mean, you do that. That's just unprecedented. And they're tough. 
And you got to give a shout out to John Ruiz. I've been saying it for two weeks. Yeah. Hey, he went and got a kid from my neighborhood right over here, the pet kid. And then, you know, he got the two girls to come over and look at the return on investment at Miami. I mean, you got a final four, you got an elite eight. I mean, what the hell? Uh, money talks, but toughness walks, I think. I think toughness has been the key here. Dan, which of these teams would you most want to coach? Uh, after talking to Dusty May today, I, I wouldn't mind coaching Florida Atlantic. But I got to tell you, um, I, I was a swear, yeller, crazy person. So I think <laughs> yeah. UConn would, would fit me really well. I mean, those <laughs> kids, you know, they thrive in it, right? I mean, they, oh, yeah, know, they, they, love they just do. But, yeah, they don't back down from it. They, they, you know, and, and Danny's up there. You know, basically saying, well, what the hell are you doubting us for? This is where we're supposed to be, which is cool. But you know what? Um, I, any, All four of them, they have great cultures. They don't seem to be BS guys. Like, they're not worried about their brand or their TikTok or their, you know, I don't know. And they just seem to be guys that are balling, you know, and, and let's win and let's not have an ego. And, man, it's amazing when you do that. You know, some teams can get away with it being more – egocentric but you better have massive talent because you guys i heard you guys talking this isn't this is old this is old college basketball these are guys that are old and old don't care about you know some freshman at duke old don't care about anything other than man we've been through some crap and we're going to win this this game and let's figure out the next one later and it's not just the maturity you know or these teams being old and the toughness you talked about dan but the swagger of fau and we saw it firsthand at Madison Square Garden on, on Thursday. Again on Saturday, I'm watching. I feel like when they rise up and shoot the ball, I think this shot's going in. Because the way they carry yeah. themselves in big moments on the biggest of stages is incredible. That's a testament to Dusty May, who you talked about. You know, you talked with him today. How do you capture that with a group, though? That seems to be hard to coach into someone. It's kind of funny. I didn't really expound on it with Dusty this morning, but the truth of the matter is you could tell that some guys left the program, meaning either graduated and it allowed this particular group, especially a kid in Johnny, Johnny Davis, a kid from my hometown, actually Gary, Indiana, uh, and, and the rest of them, they took over leadership of the group and man, it's amazing what happens. Sometimes you get somebody to leave, like take Kansas State. They got the pet kid. He left. He went to Miami. Well, guess what? Kansas State was better without not saying it. And, and, and the pet kid, he's going to the Final Four. So he adds to a team. But sometimes you have a group that has to have the older guys clear out. And Dusty was interesting. He's like, you know, these kids are basketball junkies. These kids are basketball crazy. They'll send him a clip from a game. Like, Coach, this is a heck of a thing that maybe the – the Warriors did. Coach, what do you think about this? And Dusty's like, well, you know what? I'll put it in just to trick them a little bit so they think they have ownership or they do have ownership, you know. But, you know, sometimes you got to get guys out of the way. And sometimes, other times, guys grow together. And it's just every team's different. You know, Lou Holtz said something that I've always, you know, subscribed to. The team you have yesterday isn't the team you have today and the team you have tomorrow. And it, it kind of goes that way for seasons, too. And sometimes you get a special group that does not care. All they want to do is win. They don't make excuse. They just want to win more than they want to eat. And that's what I see out of all four of these teams. Dan Dockage with us on the Outkick Network. You can catch him, don't at me, mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern, 
Dan, what did you make? Where do you come down on the foul call that decided San Diego State and Creighton? Uh, I've always said this. I don't buy the whole the referees decide the game. They didn't decide the game. Kid had to go up there and make a free throw. Uh, the other kid put his hand on. Here's what. I, here's something else. You know, watch it on TV. It's interesting. Like I can push you on a jump shot, and you may not know it. May not know it. A referee may not see it. You know, these guys are big and strong. If the push affected the shot, then it's, then it's a foul. If he just had his hand on, and I honestly, I know the kid, you know, sold it pretty well, but I honestly couldn't tell. And I don't buy, well, you can't make that call at the end. A foul's a foul. The kids decided the game by putting his hand on the player and shoving him, or at least that's what they called. And then, you know, the other kid, Tremel, he decided the game by going up there and making a free throw. So I never bought all that. But uh, the way the game was refereed, I think, and again, I bet on San Diego State, full disclosure. Uh, Same. But I would have liked <laughs> to have seen that go to overtime. I mean, I won and, yeah. you know, all that. But I would have liked to have seen that go to overtime. I thought that game deserved overtime. What do you think about their chances now? I was super impressed, obviously, with the win over Alabama and how they were so much more physical than the Tide on, on Friday night. But this is, of the four teams remaining – the one, Dan, that you'd pick out and say, oh, this is the defensive group. This is the one that's not as concerned mm-hmm. about scoring a lot of points. They're going to try to win in the low 50s. Is that good enough to win? We saw it with Virginia a few years back. Is this group good yeah. enough to win it all? Yeah, I think they are. And I, I think they have, um, you know, one of the things I, I've talked about this, you know, on your show, my show, you, know, you can get hot defensively. And what happens is then, I, I thought Alabama broke. Like, I thought Alabama just, you know, said, oh, we can't do anything. We're just going to jack up threes, and particularly uh, Brandon Miller, and they can make all the excuses they want. And, you know, he's hurt. They, okay, so am I. We're all hurt. I mean, what the hell? Um, but I will say this. They, you have to be very mentally tough because there is going to be a stretch in a game. And I've watched, I, for whatever the reason, I think it's because Steve Alford, my former teammate, is Nevada. I watched a ton of Mountain West this year and they get you to a point you don't score for three maybe five minutes and you either come back strong and say screw it we're gonna get to the foul line which you can against them if you drive the basketball or or you kind of give in and I felt like and you start shooting jump shots and you start taking quick shots and you you know that old hey you can't score 10 points in one possession thing and that's what Alabama did you know, the one kid, Quinn, Quinterly, whatever his name was, he just kept putting his head down, driving, getting swatted at the rim. And the other kid, you know, he just kept shooting 28-footers because they had no no toughness to sustain through a possession after possession after possession with Alabama. They, or, excuse me, with San Diego State. They just didn't. And, you know, Houston got the same thing done to them as well. It's, it's just fun to watch. It's just really, really it's just a fun thing to watch a team grind you out a little bit. And again, uh, I've always been a guy, you got to make jump shots, but I'll tell you what, man, toughness prevailed. We know Dusty who beat Houston. Who beat, who beat Houston? Miami. Yeah. They did the same thing that uh, Houston. Uh, Miami did the same thing. Miami's not known as a great defensive team, but they can be. They did the same thing to Houston. Houston kind of said, screw it. This isn't going our way, and we're just going to. Yeah, we're just going to – we can't sustain against this team possession after possession after possession. And I swear to God, with all four of these teams, that's what you got to do. So we know Dusty May is going to get paid. 
one way or another. Dan, do you see him as the type of guy who will take just the Power 5 job, the first one that offers him, that's going to pay him a ton of money? Or is he going to go more of the Shaka Smart route where you hold out for a few years and eventually go to a Texas the way Shaka Smart did, holding out for the perfect job? Yeah, I said today, if I was Scott Dolson in Indiana, I'd hire him right now. I mean, he worked for us. Um, I hired him 100 years ago as a manager. At least that's what they told me. I can't remember, but I know I was in charge of hiring the managers. And he's worked there. I'd hire him right now in Indiana. I'd say, all right, Mike Woodson, you got two years. You're going to be like 70. We're going to get this kid ready to go. Uh, That's what I would try to do. I'm not saying he would do it, but... You know, he took that job. I, I just was reading something today. He took that job without having seen Florida Atlantic's facilities, and he thought he committed career suicide. So I don't see him as anything other than a guy. He's smart. You know, he, he he's very, very smart. Uh, I, I see him taking the right job. Like for Shaka, Texas was a tough job, out of area, that kind of thing. But uh, I, I, Dusty, you know, he, he coached at Indiana with Mike Davis. He was a manager for us with Bob Knight. And yet he went down to work for Mike White at Florida. So he's got ties in a lot of different places. So it'll be interesting to see whether he ends up in the Big Ten or the SEC, but his personality is perfect for the modern play. He's going to end up in one of them. But I don't see him taking a – I don't see him making a money grab job. I, I just don't. What are the other programs in the ACC thinking about Miami right now? Oh, man. Um, how do we get a John Ruiz to get us some guys? You know, if you're Clemson, North Carolina is sitting there thinking, well, we got Baycott bad. Is that good back? Is that good or bad? Right. I know the numbers say it's good, but damn. I mean, if you're not going to help us win at North Carolina, um, I think that one of the things some of them are probably saying is, you know, we knew it all along. You know, we knew this was a really tough team. Uh, I saw this since 2015, the ACC has more teams in the final four than the big 10 and the big East combined, which was kind of fascinating to me. So I guess they're all thinking, look, they can do it. We can do it. Let's just get into the portal and let's get some guys that can get to the rim. And, you know, hopefully you get a guy that can help them with the NIL money and get a star. And next thing you know, you got a chance. That's, I, I look, that's how I look at it. I mean, I, I'm not in there every day grinding, but I, but I, you know, I had 10 coaches call me this morning, literally after I had Dusty May on talking about, you know, how to build a program and all that kind of stuff, wanting me to send the clip. So uh, I guess you, that's what you, and they all talk about the NIL and getting the guy and, you know, the transfer portal. It's not like, Hey, we got to make this player better. It's like, Hey, you know anybody at Ball State that's any good that wants to transfer? Which, in fact, I do, and Indiana has him on campus today, so we'll see what happens with the Sparks kid. So is Kansas State, with Jerome Tang in year one, is this going to be the exception or a new rule? Where every year, Dan, you're going to see one Power 5 team that's picked to do nothing that goes out and reloads via the transfer portal. Maybe there's a new coach in the mix also, but that you're going to find a team that can go on a run. Missouri's another example of that with the season they had where they had no one returning and then they bring in a new coach and a bunch of new players and with an open transfer portal, you can get good and old really fast. Are we going to see this now every yeah, year? It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I, you know, I don't know if the stars will line and the star player is going to end up in Madison square garden where he's from, but to your point, uh, it's funny. I, again, I had this conversation 
people in Indiana, let's just take Indiana or probably Tennessee. I don't know, but Indiana loses a bunch of guys. They're going to lose a bunch of seniors, you know, Trace Jackson Davis. So people say, well, you know, it's going to be a down year because we got this guy as a freshman and blah, blah. No, 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 it's not. You don't even know, even begin to know who your roster is. So sure. You lose Jackson Davis. Sure. You lose Shafino, maybe to the, the pros, uh, Miller, Kyle, whoever, and in the, in the in the way we were all up until the last five years brought up in college basketball, now the young guys get the chance. But that's totally different, and expectations are such that when Jerome Tang goes to Kansas State, and that dude with two scholarship players rebuilds it that way, well, why can't a Purdue or why can't an Indiana or why can't a Tennessee? Assuming they lose enough guys, so um, who did I just talk to today? I was gonna, God dang it! I said, all right, man, when are you gonna know your roster? You know what I mean? Like, when will you know your final roster? And he said, ah, September 1st or whenever school starts and maybe not even then, right? Used to be, you knew your roster because guys are coming back. You had a recruiting class in the spring, or excuse me, in the fall. Then there was a spring signing period and you ended up having that. Well, now guys have no idea. They literally have coaches sitting there all day on the transfer portal, working the portal. And who said it on my show? Somebody said, I said, okay, oh, Brad Underwood. I said, all right, uh, why is Texas so good? Oh, man, they did a great job in the portal. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody did a better job than Kansas State. They did a great job in the portal. And that's the new top 10 recruiting class to make your team really good when you lost, you know, when you lost a bunch. Used to be you lose a bunch, but, man, we got a top five, top 10 recruiting class coming, and we're going to be really good. Well, now it's, well, we lost everybody. We got a top five portal class coming in, and that's the reality of it. Dan Dockich with us, host of Outkicks. Don't at me with Dan Dockich mornings here on the network. Dan, so look, uh, I, I love what we're seeing in the final four with the matchups uh, and, and the runs we've seen. No, the, no number one seeds, um, no top three seeds. Love it. But whenever, whenever the networks and the NCAA get the ratings back, <laughs> Are they going to <laughs> uh, – they're going to freak out. And my, my question, are they smart <laughs> enough to realize that this is actually good for college basketball when people aren't going to tune in to the same amount that they did whenever you had the same schools playing in the Final Four and you have the Blue Bloods? Well, uh, the theory is going to be tested. And I think I first heard from Colin Cowherd, which is we all like to see Wofford yeah. beat Duke in the first round. But in the second round, we'd rather see Duke play Michigan State than Wofford play Michigan State, right? So it's going to be tested because, let's be honest, San Diego State nationally, uh, Florida nationally, Miami nationally, they don't really move the needle. So in answering your question, I think the networks and I think the people that put on the tournament are going to equate it to, well, did we lose money? Do we make money next year? When we sell advertising, are we going to use these numbers? Are these numbers going to be bad? Is our revenue going to go down? You know that. You know that money talks sure. and everything else walks, no particularly, you know, 98% of the NCAA's budget is off of this tournament. So I, I've always said this, and I'm, you know, a lot of coaches agree privately, but I've always said that's why if it comes down to, you know, a school with a state name, Mississippi. And then I use this because they beat us out to go to the NCAA tournament in 2000 after we whooped their ass uh, in Hawaii. But they got the bid as a seventh-place team. We won the back and didn't get in, but that's just some bitterness on my part. 
But I've always said, you know, they're smart enough to understand we got to have some blue bloods in here. But I do, I am curious what about the ratings are going to be because these stories are interesting. They have captured the imagination. But again, the 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 the, the, the basketball fan that just watches, he's going to say, I'm not watching San Diego State against Florida Atlantic. Or maybe they are. I hope they are because if they do, they're going to see a hell of a game and a hell of a weekend. But I, I, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting study right now. I've got some recent numbers coming up a little bit later that'll show just how bad this could be this weekend and how good it was a year ago. But, Dan, this is directly mm-hmm. from Sean McManus, the head of CBS Sports. This was prior to the 2021 tournament. This answers Hutton's question. This was when Kentucky didn't get into the tournament. He says, and I quote, you want the big-name brands, obviously, in the tournament if you can have them. But I think what happens every year is stories emerge, and it's the stories that emerge that really keep people mm-hmm. interested. I've said before that Kentucky, Duke, Michigan, or one of the traditional powers such as Kansas or North Carolina helps your ratings. Would we like to have those teams? Sure we would. Talking about the ratings perspective of it. There's your answer. They would prefer the big-name, blue-blood, powerhouse brands be there because they know more people will watch. Of course. And, and you know, you, what are you selling on? You sell it on the ratings. You see, you got these billion dollar deals because people are watching. I will say this and I've always, well, not always, but I've said this since gambling started, you know, a lot more people probably watching that wouldn't care or know, but they got money on it. They got money on the final four. We can bet. Let's go. I mean, I'm going to learn about San Diego state. I'm going to learn about Florida Atlantic. What the hell's uh, Danny Hurley? Yeah. I remember him at Seton Hall. Maybe you didn't pay attention early. But I think gambling helps. Now, is it the panacea? Does it cover not having Duke against Kentucky and North Carolina, you know, against Indiana or whatever school you want? No, I don't. I don't. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, seriously, we'll see. Um, but I would imagine ratings will be down because of straight name recognition, uh, at least for Saturday. Now, Sunday national championship game. I would assume they'd be pretty good, but. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me either way because these are great stories and these are like San Diego is a small town, you know, it's a decent sized town with a, you know, with a lot of people. So we'll see. I feel good for them too, because they were 30 and two during the COVID season. And then they were, their season yeah. was ended due to COVID. So you know, 2020, 30 yeah. and two, and now they're back on this stage in their second appearance here. That was a, that was a big year for Dayton too. I remember yeah. they were like yeah. one or two yeah. losses and yes. we're going to be a one seed. And the tournament didn't happen. Yeah. What, Dan, yeah. What, does it mean more? It'll be more for a championship. It'll be crazy to see San Diego State or FAU hoist the trophy. But if they, if one of the two are going to make it to the title game, is it the same mm-hmm. impact on the game if they don't win? Uh, no, it's not because winning is so much different. I mean, it just is. It's just so much different than. You know, uh, man, you guys played an unbelievable game. What a run. One of the things that is special, though, and again, uh, Dusty talked about today. I said, okay, you guys had a delay flight home, but you know what? You guys get to your town. You get to your campus. What was it like? He goes, Dan, I'm telling you, man, there were people as far as the eye can see. There, It was insane. You know, and, you know, Boca Raton, that's not exactly a basketball hotbed in Florida Atlantic, but that's what the final four does. It, it, the final four on a college campus is a completely and totally special event. Um, you, you, you are at a different level in the history of your program. And it's not just 
a school like South uh, San Diego State, who's in their first time, or Florida Atlantic, who hadn't won a game in the tournament until this year. It's not just those schools. It's every school. I don't care. Name a North Carolina. Yeah, I played in the Final Four in 19, blah, blah, blah. I always say, we, we, when I played, we won the Big Ten title. And when I played, in the, I started in Elite Eight, and I was a two-time captain. And I got to go sit at the kiddie table. I can't sit at the same table with the guys that have been playing for national cha- or won national championships. Uh, so I'm, another one, Diet. Uh, I uh, I can't sit there. I, I got to sit at the kiddie table uh, at a program like that because a final four, a national championship, but more importantly, a national championship puts you in the rarefied of errors. But man, that final four is a massive, massive deal. Uh, more so maybe uh, now than ever, at least based on the reaction. So, What did you just order? Uh, I ordered a Diet Coke. I'm having, I'm at the Boston airport. I spent the weekend in uh at a softball uh game so it was it was not great we uh, we got beat cornell came in to harvard and got us and and uh i either was in a bar with my wife and another couple or i was at a softball game and so now i'm detoxing having a, a, a caesar salad and a diet coke at the airport <laughs> enjoy that airport caesar salad yeah, the, the I, airports Chad, always make the yeah, best caesar no, salad dan Chad, I was on with him this morning, and he said he was sitting in a, at a Cambria, a beautiful Cambria. I said, no, 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 you just yeah. spice it up a little bit. It's a Cambria. Yes. It's like mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. Yes. Yeah. That's all you got to do, Dan. Mm-hmm. It was either that or it looked like a jail. If they, you know, I mean, yeah. I looked at my background, I'm like, wow, I need a little help. But you know what? I'm a big fan of Boston. Yesterday, we went all over the city, man. We ended up having a beer in, in the center field bar of Fenway. They opened up that the place gate. Is right awesome. there on the field on the warning track. Yeah, yeah I've been, right? I've been, been there? there before a game. But one time I went to a Red Sox game, I went out to that bar pregame when they're having batting practice yeah. is the best time. And you could sit there and watch yeah. them, you know, hit shots off the center field wall while you're having a pint. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so we had we 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 went there and then we did all the touristy stuff with a, 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 one of my wife's best friends and her husband and they had never been there so you know we ended up in the Freedom Trail we ended, I mean we went to Cheers we did all the stuff but uh, yeah I got to get a little I'm gonna wring out my liver and uh, get on a plane and fall asleep because I tell you what man uh, you run with my wife those are those are dog years those are dog days I mean it's it's something. Oh, we, we've uh, Dan, you wring out that liver and then soak it yeah. right back up this weekend for the Final Four, like no the rest doubt. of us. Just like every <laughs> yeah. every American out there, please do that for us. Happy detoxing. I'm good. Thanks, Dan. Right. Thank you, fellas. Dan Dodge. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, catch him mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here across the network. Chad, coming up, uh, a lot to get to. Uh, Florida Atlantic with the moment that they're going to the Final Four nearly was not archived based on what happened, press row at Madison Square Garden. And we'll get to the numbers behind the theory of, well, this is not good for CBS and Turner. And it's probably going to point to a reason why they're going to probably win, that they won a 90-team tournament based on what's about to happen. I have a big, big opinion on this and why you shouldn't care, but why we care. We on this side of the table care about some of these things, yes. but the common fan should not care about it. I'll explain. This is Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow on the Outkick Network.
Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. The show rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we've got discussion on Lamar Jackson, who, very timely tweet, sends out that he wants to be traded from Baltimore as John Harbaugh is about to step up and speak to the media at the NFL owners' meetings. Perfect timing, and all day, the other coaches around the league have also been asked about Lamar Jackson, including those that would be in play for him or that makes sense for him. Details on that straight ahead. First, though, Chad, this is the crazy Final Four we've all wanted. You and I are on board with this. But it's not going to produce numbers, and people are going to freak out about it. A year ago, CBS Turner Sports got the dream scenario. They had the second and third most watched NCAA Final Four games in history. The Final Four, the National Semifinal, first time ever for Duke and North Carolina to meet in that game and in Coach K's possible final game that became his final game. Yeah. That outrated the National Championship game two nights later. Over 18 million people watched that game. 17.5 million people watched Kansas beat North Carolina in a good game on Monday night in the National Championship game. They follow up that ratings performance. Hmm. With San Diego State, Florida Atlantic in the early game, followed by UConn Miami in the late game. The ratings for this Final Four will be epically bad. It's not I, I I don't even I don't even have to guess. It's going to be way worse. The least watched national semifinal game ever was 2018 when Baylor played Houston. Two teams from the state of Texas in the early game of a national semifinal. Having FAU and Miami, both from South Florida, then having San Diego State from Southern California, then having UConn be the mm. one national brand type school, the ratings are going to be bad. But here's how I advise fans. Ratings are important to people like us when we view these things. We talk about them because good ratings on nationally televised sporting events helps generate future good things for those sports and revenue. So it is important from a sports business perspective. It should not be important to you. Do not let the fact that this will be some of the least watched Final Four games in history impact your enjoyment of what has been a fantastic tournament and should be a fantastic Final Four, even with these four teams that most of them are not national basketball brands. But these are going to be great games, and they are great stories. So you're going to hear a lot about ratings in the upcoming week. You're going to hear a lot about ratings on Monday, you're going to hear a lot about ratings on Tuesday after that national championship game. Should not affect your enjoyment one bit. Don't let it. That is my advice to everyone watching these games. But they're going to be bad. 
a year ago was the dream of Sean McManus and every TV executive out there when it was Duke, Carolina, and then it ended up being North Carolina, Kansas for a national title. This is the nightmare scenario for the networks. That's what we're going to witness this weekend. But even with the upsets that we, we witnessed this past weekend, it was still shaping up to be Alabama and Houston. It wasn't, like you're saying, what we saw last year. And I, I was curious, even with the one seeds matching up potentially, what the ratings would be like it, it on would not have, It would not have been anything compared to a year ago. I, I think it would have been so the least watched of the last 15 years, the least watched national championship game I could find was Villanova over Michigan in 2018. Yeah. I think it was. And that's Michigan and Villanova in a big city, but a, you know, not a huge school. Um, even if Alabama and Houston went to your point, it would have been far worse than a yeah. year. I mean, that was just, that's such a one-off deal. You're usually going to get some blue blood in the final four, but to have Duke Carolina playing in coach K's final game and then Kansas, North Carolina, that's just a dream. You're not going to see come true for the networks. Now, Here's my big question. Will FAU San Diego State rate worse than Baylor Houston from five years ago? I think yes. I think we're about to witness the least watched national semifinal game on record, or at least in the modern era of, let's say, the last 25 or 30 years. Well, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing for the sport as much as the I think the talking heads will, will make it out to be. Because... I think they, they should lean into the fact that you had the upset, that the nine seed has a chance to go to the final four, that you have the 16 and 15 and 14 seeds pulling upsets the way we saw them, and that it's so unpredictable that it's beyond just unpredictable to get to the Sweet 16. And I, the portal has certainly helped. NIL has tremendously helped Miami. But top to bottom... The talent level and the parity is as close as we've seen in college fans, hoops. Fans should love it. They should. They should love it, but they, should. they won't watch and the same numbers they did a year ago. Better, better play during the regular season as well in the non-conference where you can spread that wealth out. Coming up, headlines across the country, including Lamar Jackson, who sent a message to the Baltimore Ravens today about a trade. That's next.